0: to the Constructive Liberty podcast. Today is Wednesday, February the 24th, 2021. And I've got a great interview today with Brent Bryant from Family First. They are an organization who helps young men that struggle with mental health issues and substance abuse. So, there was a few little issues with the audio, but I think I cleaned it up as best I could. So, enjoy this podcast. Share it with everybody you know who struggles with what you're going to hear us talk about on this episode. Hey Brent, welcome to the Constructive Liberty Podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Kenneth. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so on your interview form that you sent over, you talked a little about mental health and substance abuse. So tell us how you went from growing up you know, your home life up to what, what brought you to where you're at today working in that field?
1: Yeah, great question. And that's always a long story, right? Um, it always is. But in, in a nutshell, uh, I grew up in a household where my dad was an alcoholic. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time um, when I was a kid until we actually moved from a big city to a small town. Um, and I played sports sports my whole life, soccer, basketball, baseball. And when we moved to the small town, they didn't have a lot of those activities anymore. And uh, within that time, I was in the sixth grade, 12 years old, and uh, I I didn't have the sports and stuff like that. So I went from being a very athletic, outgoing kid to kind of a kid that became a turtle and kind of hid my shell. You know, I was kind of scared. And then within that year, my parents got a divorce, because of my dad's alcoholism. And I really found out what alcohol was during that time. And I uh, fell into the trap of that as well with some people in my life that were older than me, that kind of were like parties and stuff. And so when I first tried alcohol at the age of 12, 13, I like went crazy, like, oh my gosh, what is this? You know? this is, I feel like I'm that kid again back in uh, the town of Seattle, the city, you know, that, that guy came out of a shell when I had the, that drug and, and coming to find out when I went into treatment at the age of 34, that the triggers were my parents getting a divorce. And then of course the move that was huge traumatic, I didn't get any help for it or anything. I had no idea that, that those were the triggers. So from treatment till now, I've been sober over 12 years. And I knew in my heart that I was alive for a reason. And if I didn't help people and spread the word about mental health addiction, then I was doing you know, my sobriety a disservice. So I started uh, talking and helping and counseling and all that stuff uh, with people. And then I started into making, uh, motivational speeches that turned into going to schools and giving speeches. About the risk and ramifications of addiction, and then opening more up about mental health in general, and how it's it's okay to be not okay. It's okay to be, you know, have issues and to put those issues out there, and to deal with them in a healthy manner. Um, I always say to people, especially kids, that if you break your leg, you go to the doctor. You get it fixed. You get it, you know, depending on how bad it's broken, you get it fixed, right? You just don't stay at home and go, hey, I'm gonna, this is going to heal. But if it does heal right, it's going to be heal wrong. It's going to, you know, uh, be a nuisance to you the rest of your life. And then, of course, as you get older, you have arthritis. You won't be able to run the same way, all that stuff. Well... I always ask kids or just people in general, I go, well, when you broke your leg or you hurt yourself in that manner physically, did you go see a doctor? Well, of course, all of them say yes. Did you get it casted? Of course, all of them say yes. Did you go to therapy after you got it off? Yes. All these things. And I go, okay. Well, how many of you in here have ever had a death in the family or how many of you, uh, have, uh, lost a pet or, you know, just whatever's hurt you emotionally? uh, you know, hurt your heart or your, your brain. And all of them are like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. any of you guys see a doctor for that? N- no. And I'm like, well, I mean, let me get this straight. What's more important, your leg or your brain? And of course they all say, well, your brain. And I'm like, well, the different, that's the, that's what you got to do. You got to, you got to, uh, get the help you need for your brain, because if you don't, Those are just going to leave scars, and it's going to build up and get worse and worse and worse. And then if you bring a drug into it, it's going to be 100 times worse, right? So just kind of letting kids especially know that um, it's okay to, to not be okay. And that getting that help for your brain, whether it's small or big, it could be something like test anxiety. You could have those kind of... To get help for that kind of stuff is normal. Everybody does it. They just don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that would, that's my passion. And where I work now is at Family First, like on my hat here, which is an adolescent uh, treatment facility for boys 13 to 18 in West Palm Beach in Florida. And they deal in that realm of just mental health. You don't have to be addicted to anything. You can just have mental health, which for boys, thirteen to eighteen, I that that's the prime age for. Oh my gosh, I can't cry. I can't do any of these things. I'm supposed <laughs> to be tough, yeah, and I'm you gotta, supposed.
0: Got to stuff. You got down.
1: <laughs> exactly right, and yet when something happens, and then they go off the deep end, people are like, "Well, why'd that happen? Well, I thought they were great. Well, they didn't get the help they should have, um, and that could just be seeing their school, you know, resource counselor." Um, you know, somebody in that realm. Right. But just acknowledging the fact that getting mental health help is so important. You
0: know, it's the most important thing you can ever do for yourself. Yeah. Um, go back. Go to, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. You talked about helping the kids see that there doesn't have to be a stigma around that. What do uh-huh. you find is the easiest way to to get especially youth to, I don't know, to lose this the stigma, to overcome the fear of being labeled, you know, somebody who's got mental health issues. Cause none of us want that. I mean, I know I don't. Yeah. And what I do is I'm like, well,
1: I, I walk in and I, I will tell them immediately, you know, I, I'm not ashamed of it. I, I have mental health issues to this day. Everyone does. They just don't talk about them. So when I look at them and I ask, you know, like, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. Who are you to judge somebody that has an issue? Who you're, who are you again? You know? And the fact that for me, I I tell them all the time is that, you know, I cry almost every day. I I, I'm an emotional person. I cry. Things happen. I've suffered a lot of trauma in my life as far as uh, mentally with death With my mom and sister and all this stuff. And I'm like, do you think I'm weak for crying? And most of them are like, no, they can't even believe I actually admit that I cry, right? And I'm like, I might start crying right now. I have no idea. I don't even care if I do, because I that makes me feel good inside, right? So if if that is something that you think is weak or and you're gonna, you know, people are gonna make fun of that, then what does that say about them? Not a lot. Right. So right. you have to take care of you first in that realm. And if somebody wants to give you some kind of label, like, oh, my gosh, you got awesome. Cool. That's fine. Not a problem. People, you know, I could go the rest of my life and say, hey, that guy's got mental health issues. And I'll raise my hand and say, you better believe I do. Yeah. You know, hello. Everyone does. I'm just not in the, the game of playing hide and seek with them. Mm. I'm more open, honest about them. And when I do that, I'm stronger for it. Like when I relate to them that you're stronger for getting help than you are for not, because that's going to come around and bite you at some point. And, you know, when you're older, are you going to look back and go, Oh my gosh, that person was saying I had mental health issues and trying to make fun of me. You know, no, you don't, you don't think about the bullies when you're you know in your thirties and forties and For the most part, bullies, they need more help than you do because they're the ones that – exactly, and that's why they take it out on people. That's the bullying itself. So to let them know and every one of them that it's okay that you can express yourself, especially as a a male when we're supposed to be macho. But as girls too is not to, to push the whole drama side of things like, oh, my gosh. It's okay. If you're a true friend or somebody that cares, then you'll be there for that person, no matter what. And we're all going to suffer. Everyone suffers, your teachers, your principals, they all go through issues that they're never going to tell you about, right? But they do as adults. It never goes away. It's going to be here forever. So don't don't get pigeonholed in, in thinking that it's not okay because... It's the most okay thing you can ever do in your life is admit that you you have an issue, which we all do. Mm-hmm. It's just putting it out there and being more open about it. I found – because I remember still getting sober. I was 34 and going, hmm, do I want to like, tell people this? Or And I just let it out. Anyone I ever met, any people I ever ran into, again, I went to college or high school or whatever with. I was like, hey, I've been sober for – Six weeks, or you know, I was so proud of it that I wanted to acknowledge that you know what, I am this is who I am, and, and I'm not afraid or scared or uh, ashamed. Yeah, I love the powerful story. I love, that's, that's
0: awesome. yeah. And, and, let's and say, like, uh, I do a lot of work in construction, and if if I get called into somebody's house to do a repair the first thing that they had to acknowledge in order to get their foundation fixed or whatever was that they had the problem in the first place and so yeah. un- until you realize that there's an issue there, contact a professional or somebody who's worked through it, who knows how to work around those issues. That's so key in being able to, to level up and move beyond it to heal. from it. That
1: is the biggest thing is admit admitting that you have. And you know, the issues, especially, you know, from 13 to 18, you got puberty, you got all these different things going on in your body. And that, you, you know, for some reason, people kind of make fun of that as well. But it's all natural. It all happens to all of us, right? So be open about it. And, 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 if, and if you can find just one person that you can be open to, that's huge. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be everybody. But acknowledging that you're you don't feel right, or you know, maybe you do have test anxiety, or you know, all these different little things that uh, can add up to big things. If you can take care of the little ones, the big ones won't be as big. Right. And so, I talk about that and the fact that if you don't deal with your issue right now, it's that whole um, you know snowball effect. If 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 you don't take care of that before it starts to roll down the hill, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, And then you're going to have to push that snowball back up the hill. Well, um, if you can take care of those little issues, whether that's, you know, you're doing bad in school or your sister's acting up or your family's going through a divorce or some little things happening that are affecting you, you need to go get help for that. And that could just mean you talking it out with a friend of yours that will be there to listen or journaling and then talking about that. You know, if you can get whatever's in you out of you. In a positive manner, that's going to do you so much justice. So when you are in your twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties, you're going to have all the tools in the world to be able to cope and deal with, you know, what happens to you. In life because just because you're in a in a place where you know you may be hurting, life doesn't stop and say, okay, I'll give you a break. <laughs> it's it continues to either be good or bad or whatever it is. Uh, but it's just all about letting them know that it's okay. And to get help, to go to a treatment facility like Family Force first, or just get, see your counselor, talk to your cousin, talk to your friend, talk to your parents if they're, they're cool about talking and stuff. And if you can be open, but you doing that could help the person you're talking to because they're like, Hey, wait a minute. They have issues. Yeah. yeah what? You gotta be kidding. No way. I didn't know that about you. You know, it's like Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, he's like, hey, I battled depression constantly. And you're like, wait a minute. Michael Phelps? How? Guy's got 23 gold medals. He's like the most, he's the greatest swimmer ever and all this stuff. But he's got issues? No way. You know, it's like everyone does. It's just not that everyone talks about it. Where you think that if you do, you're weak. But if you don't, you are.
0: So, what do you find uh, the most in working with these, especially youth? Is it more the mental side of it, or the substance abuse, or or do they often tie in together?
1: It's a mixture. I would say more mental health. Um, I think addiction, mental health, will lead to an addiction down the road. Um, I, I mean, you get some cases where kids are addicted to you know heavy drugs at at points in times, but. Mental health is—that's an every-person issue, that's an every-kid issue, that's an every—you know—everything issue. Um, To the point where they don't know how to deal, or they don't know how to say, or how to talk, or all those things—how to express themselves. You know, a lot of them don't. They're—they're just trying to figure out who they are still. Um, Addiction is usually in the form of tobacco and/or alcohol during that time. Because when I ask, you know, 5,000 students, you know, how many of you have cocaine in your house? How many of you have meth in your house? Maybe two people out of that raise their hand. But when I go, how many of you have tobacco? Quite a few. How many have alcohol? Almost everyone has it. And so when I talk about gateway drugs, you know, tobacco is a gateway drug to alcohol. Alcohol is a gateway drug to bigger. And, you know, they always say marijuana. I'm like, well, tobacco kills nearly 500,000 people a year. Um, alcohol kills nearly a hundred thousand. Alcohol kills 5,000 kids ages 12 to 20 every single year. So when I bring that up and I'm like, because it's a, it's legal, which astonishes me to know that most of these kids don't even know that Drinking alcohol in the age of 21 is illegal and you can get arrested for it. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the things that, that go along with it. I found probably more kids addicted to alcohol than most at that age. And then if they get into heavy stuff, depending on what neighborhood they're in, what school they're at, it, it, it kind of all depends because some of them are hooked on meth. And it's like, what? You're 15, you know, um, but it's mostly mental health and that's what I love about Family First and, and why I wanted to join their team and be with them is that um, we're taking kids that are just mentally health only. Um, mm. they, they don't have to be addicted to anything. And we, we involve the family because just like mental health, just like addiction, it just doesn't involve that person. As you know, I mean, everyone's involved. The family's involved. They're affected so much and it could be traumatically you know uh that we try to involve everyone and make a plan after the the young young man leaves our facility to to make it to where everyone's on the same page and they're all getting the same help Mm -hmm.
0: so what you mentioned family first a couple times the organization you work with what's your role within that organization there
1: so what I do for them is I'm kind of like a, well, my official title is family ambassador. So okay. you think of an ambassador, they deal with kind of everybody, right? So uh, it's family ambassador. So I, I like do these things, right? Try to go on podcasts and talk about mental health and, and try to make it more positive in the way that if you do need help, yeah. Family First is a great place, but um Go to schools, talk to schools, talk to kids, prevention, prevention, prevention. You know, coming to Family First is a resort that is awesome, but it it I would hope it would be the last resort, right? But it it, it it's uh, it's there if you need it. And there's not a lot of them. And we're I would say one of the best in Florida if not the United States in dealing with just boys, right? And that's mm-hmm. the founders and what they wanted to do was just be perfect at one thing and then move from there, right, and kind of grow slowly so they're they're good at what they're doing. So what I do is I go around to high schools and middle schools, depending on you know, where I'm at, and just talk prevention, talk about opening up about mental health um, and addiction. Of course, I'm involved in a lot of uh, different things, but I try to go on news organizations and just bring awareness to it. I get sports athletes involved. About that, right, and and try to make it to where if they can come with me or be a, a a um a light that I can turn to and say, hey, you know this guy, and maybe bring them with me or just have them say something on a video to make them go, oh, okay, well, yeah, if they're doing it, I you know, so I kind of incorporate all of that for what I do. But you know, the goal is if somebody's in need, to be there to get them to our facility and to get them the help they need because. That, in the end, is uh, what it's all about.
0: Yeah. So if somebody, say, here's this podcast, here's you on an interview, and they're like, you know, I, I think that that's something I need, how would they go about getting involved or, or contacting you for the help they need?
1: Well, they can uh, reach out to me via phone. My phone number is uh, 360-507-6726. Um, they can go to our website, Family First ascom and that's for family first adolescent services mm-hmm. um either of those two but calling me is not a problem emailing me be brian at familyfirstas.com uh but my phone number again 360 in call and just you can ask questions it doesn't you know and if, and if we don't have the answers we'll find somebody that does have the answers for you uh it's just not about us and what you know we're all about it's about just getting people help no matter if it's a boy or girl or whoever um all about that so yeah that we're in west palm beach in florida but no matter where you're at we can get you to our facility and get you the help you need
0: yeah great so i've really enjoyed this chat um if there was one one more thing or something that you wanted to share with somebody that you felt like somebody listening to this needed to hear, find themselves in that situation, what would you share with them?
1: I say this to everyone I ever come in contact with, and I say it all the time when I'm doing speeches, is that this is my life, right? I'm, I'm alive for the reason to help others. And when I hear a lot of kids say you know well they don't have anyone or people in general just say well I don't know if I have anybody well I'm always here to tell people that they do have somebody and that's me um, I don't know them I you know never met them before but I'm going to tell you right now that I do care about you and I love you no matter what um, and I'm always going to be here you can reach out to me anytime I just gave you my phone number and all that stuff but that again it goes back to being it's okay to not be okay and that you reaching out to me makes you stronger than not right and saying oh, it'll go away well this never goes away this this uh, mental health that we deal with on a daily basis doesn't go away so when i say i care that means if you call me at 3 in the morning i'm going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. If you call me at 4 I'm, i mean there's so many different things out there to get the help but know that you're so strong and and most of us strong people don't kind of reach out and ask for help. Well, it's so hard. It's so hard for me being a boy and filled with testosterone and competition and being competitive and all these things. Uh, I was scared when I first started to reach out for the help that I needed and go, oh my God, I'm going to crumble. And yet here I am and I'm stronger than ever. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take time. But just always know that you do have somebody in your corner. If you don't think you do, well, I'm right here. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Thankfully, hopefully, I can be around for another 50 years and I'll help everybody until the day I die. And that just means listening or pointing them in the right direction. So just letting people know that it's okay um, and that we're all going to suffer from depression, some form, phase of it, uh, and we're all going to hurt in different ways. But if you don't get the help you need for that, then that could lead to something That you don't want. Right. And that could come with addiction. So just letting people know that I'm here. uh, I care. I love them. And I'm
0: available.